Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Podcast Network Asia. You're listening to Project Loving Myself Podcast, a well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal, and this is the Project Loving Myself Podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. Hey there, beautiful. Welcome back to Project Loving Myself, your go-to guide on this roller coaster ride of love and relationships. With our guest today, we're diving deep into the whole shebang, relationships, dating, and all those messy in-between moments from getting to know each other to figuring out where things are headed. Now, we've all been there, right? Navigating the wild world of modern dating which can feel like a whirlwind of ups and downs, twists and turns, and unexpected detours. But hey, don't worry, because I've got your back. Joining us today is none other than Kimberly Ray, an expert dating and relationship coach with over a decade of experience in the field. Kimberly has dedicated her career to helping people in every stage of their love lives, whether it's healing after heartbreak or finding those true connections that light us up inside. With her unique blend of mindset coaching, practical tools, and a deep understanding of human psychology, Kimberly has guided countless individuals towards memorable dates, exciting relationships, and even lasting marriages. But what really sets Kimberly apart is her keen insight into a phenomenon that's become all too common in today's dating scene, situationships. These ambiguous, undefined relationships can leave us feeling confused, frustrated, and unsure of where we stand. So today on Project Loving Myself, we're diving headfirst into the murky waters of situationships with Kimberly Ray. From what makes them different from regular relationships to how we can navigate them with grace and clarity, Kimberly is here to share her wisdom and help us find the way to healthier, more empowering connections. Get ready for some heart-to-heart chat and some fun as we break down situationships with the incredible Kimberly Ray. Welcome to the show, Kimberly. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited for this conversation and to just jump in. Situationships are my favorite topic, so I'm so excited to just yes. like gap today. 
Yes, I love, you know, you have made some great videos about situationships. And honestly, I had no idea about this, you know, concept of situationships until Mm -hmm. I started working with women who were really struggling with them. And I was like, wait a minute, what is going on out there? I need to understand this whole new thing that has showed up on the modern dating scene. So before we talk about what situationships are, Kimberly, I want to know a little bit more about your journey. So you um, started off as a professional matchmaker. How did that come about? Like, where does that story begin? Yes. So I've always been interested in love and relationships and what makes relationships successful. Um, And I think it's probably because of my parents. I, um, I grew up in kind of a tumultuous, I mean, really loving household, but my parents' relationship was a bit up and down, tumultuous, um, a lot of fighting, just conflict. And so I knew for myself, I wanted something different. Um, I wanted just a really happy marriage, an aligned relationship um, with really good communication and um, just just a more positive spirit about it. And so um, I think at a young age, I was just really aware of relationship dynamics. I was always setting up friends with people and just wanted to talk about relationships and dating and love. And so I think it kind of transitioned into university. My parents got divorced right before I went to college. And so that kind of sent me into this whole other level of exploration with just marriages and divorce and what brings them about. And I had the opportunity in school, I was a communications major. So I was doing a lot of research papers. And whenever I got the chance, um, any way I could, I would kind of weave in divorce or marriage as a topic I would cover in my papers. But then I interned for a dating coach in school. And then that just kind of transitioned into matchmaking. I think I I got lucky in a sense that I I figured out my passion in school um, and matchmaking was my first jump into my career when I graduated. You know, Kimberly, I find it so interesting that you and I have so much in common. Okay. You're yeah. like a Someone I have never met before, obviously this episode today, but I too grew up maybe witnessing around me how relationships and love isn't, you know, always that easy. And Mm -hmm. I find it so interesting that many of the guests I interview end up pursuing a certain career because of the challenges there they faced. And I think that's why it's so much more meaningful and why you're so much more driven to help other people just like you, because you've struggled with that yourself. So I can already hear in your story that, you know, this is something that is very close to your heart because you've already been there, right? You've watched it. You've been through it yourself. I was also a communications major and I also have dabbled in setting friends up because I, you know, was just really passionate about seeing people get together and, you know, having these beautiful relationships. I never did it professionally and I didn't find my path in love and relationships till a lot later, but I was already, you know, healing and working with people 
since the last decade and a half. But it's just, I see so many parallels with you and I love it. So I'm so glad we're having this conversation. But okay, so you got into, you know, professional matchmaking. It seems like it was a natural progression from the events in your life to what you were passionate about. Now, how long did you do that before you realized that you wanted to make this switch into coaching and why? Why did you do that? Yeah, absolutely. So I was matchmaking for a couple of years and pretty quickly into it, I was noticing that, yes, we can put a desired match in front of someone, but will they be equipped to evaluate long-term potential? Will they be equipped to sustain like a healthy connection and lead it towards a relationship? And I found that there was so much more deeper work that needed to be done with clients um, in order to set them up for success that I think just putting someone that they would be attracted to in front of them was, it was just falling short of that. And so of course, matchmakers can also coach. And so I kind of found myself coaching clients in ways that I could, but I just really saw an opportunity to go deeper, help them find their inner wisdom and find those matches on their own. You know, I was working with really successful people like CEOs of Fortune 500 companies and career-driven people, but even the busiest people, I found if they made dating a priority, they could go out and find their own matches. And so, yeah, it, it kind of just seemed like a natural progression into just focusing on one-on-one coaching. So you basically made the move from helping someone more from outer work, which is the, the matchmaking, to doing the inner work which is something I am a big advocate for. And in fact, I did it the other way around. I was working with people more on mindset and the subconscious mind and, you know, programs and beliefs. And I found that that was the route, the quickest route to getting success. So you've been doing this for a decade now. What are some of the most common patterns, themes that you've come across? And I'm guessing you work with women, is that right? More than men. I work with women. Yeah. But, and men, but probably skewed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what are the most common, you know, repeating themes, obstacles, patterns that seem to show up over and over again with your clients? Yeah. So I think it's, it's really interesting. Whenever I start working with a client, one of the biggest aha moments and things that they're most surprised about is how much their mindset and beliefs and thoughts impact their dating experience. And it's, it's so easy to say like, you know, work on your mindset, positivity, but it's just so impactful with how they're feeling, how they're showing up, what they're able to attract and the actions they take within the dating dynamics and with new connections. And so that's the first thing without a doubt, um, we're always addressing just what are those deeply held beliefs that are potentially blocking um, where you want to be emotionally and what types of actions you want to take. I don't know if there's one like universal pattern more so it's that it's just the negative beliefs that people don't even realize 
are kind of like even simmering beneath the surface. It could be like deeply held subconscious beliefs that we need to kind of pull up and work on. And that's the key, right, Kimberly? Like, yeah, there's this whole thing about being positive and having, you know, this mindset that this is going to work for me, but it isn't always, or I would say it's almost never enough because like you said, most of these beliefs and patterns are subconscious. They're deeply held. And I love how you said they're simmering underneath the surface. And most people have no idea that this is all going on and acting as, you know, the obstacle or the reason why they haven't found that perfect match. And so what would you say to someone who is probably either hearing this for the first time or questioning if they are really the biggest problem in their own path. So maybe they're listening and they're like, wait a minute. Okay. You know, I've heard this enough times that I got to start paying attention that maybe it's something about me and not about all these people around me. How would you approach it? What would you tell them to get them to maybe start to look inward or how do they start this process? Yeah, great question. And it's a tough pill to swallow, for sure, because you're kind of faced with the fact that maybe you're the reason why you're here. Maybe it's not because there's not enough good men out there or not because of your location or whatever it might be that you're kind of using as the excuse, but maybe it's those beliefs that are holding you back and and maybe some other things. So, the first thing I would have clients do is just get extremely clear on what are those dating beliefs that you even have, putting it on paper, just doing a huge brain dump and writing out everything that comes across your mind as it relates to dating and relationships and your options and yourself and how you you might think people are perceiving you. Just anything that that comes up in relation to connection and start to see the trends, right? Are there some major themes here? Are you trending pretty negative? Is that pretty surprising? Because awareness is that first step. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So what you're saying is think about what you believe to be true about all things, love, relationships, and dating. Like, what do you believe about these things? And then dumping it out, and then you'll see some kind of pattern, trend, as you mentioned, 
And that sort of tells us the reflection of what is going on deep down inside, right? And if you were to work with someone, okay, and you start to come up with these patterns, then what happens? Yeah. So then that's the fun part. (laughs) We have the power to shift those beliefs, right? Awareness is that first step so that you can be that outsider scientist kind of dissecting your brain, looking into your mind and understanding kind of what's just playing throughout your head all day. And then it's really getting clear on what you do want to believe. What is going to make you feel confident and hopeful and excited to go out there and meet people and date? What types of thoughts would you have to have? And how can you start practicing those thoughts? Um, Even if you just start in a more neutral place, like it's possible that not all men are horrible. It's possible that I can meet people in my area, right? So you start a little more neutral and eventually with more practice, you can get into the more like positive, solid thoughts that are going to make you just feel joyful and confident and like you can take on the world and that your partner's on his, his way to you and it's inevitable. Right. So, right. Yeah. And that's so beautiful when you can get to that state of mind. Right. But a lot mm-hmm. of women that I come across have had some very traumatic or negative experiences with dating. And mm-hmm. one in particular seems to show up a lot more, which is situationships. Um, can we talk a little bit about what makes a situationship so common today? What makes it different from a regular relationship? And, you know, tell us a little bit about your experience with it. Yeah. So I don't even know if situationships are that new. I think now we have a good, a more clear definition of what that undefined dynamic is, because maybe in the past it was friends with benefits or just a hookup buddy or whatever. But now we have this container for what this is, um, which I think is, is helpful and in helping people understand where they're at and how far away they actually are from an actual committed, mature, safe relationship. I mean, I think the reason why we get into situationships is because we're scared to communicate and to be direct and to assert our wants and needs. It's that scarcity mindset of maybe this is the best I can do or This is a connection where I have chemistry and I have to hold on to it because I don't have options. Right. And so it's that fear and in that noise that's kind of keeping us from addressing the inconsistencies and addressing the reason why it's not moving in a clear, linear, forward way. So, yeah, I think it's fear. I love that you said fear. And you also said the communication aspect. I think both of those have a lot to do with self worth which a lot of people tend to struggle with. And I know you have also talked about that before. Now, I want to highlight this notion that we have a a word to describe that in-between state. And you're right. It used to be friends with benefits. It used to be one of those no-name relationships. It's, you know, we've talked about it for decades, but now maybe we have a terminology to describe what something is. And I think that in itself 
is already empowering us to recognize that this is not an ideal situation, right? It's a situationship, not a relationship. And the minute we make that distinction between relationship and situationship, I think that in itself asks us to be a little bit more curious or to question whether, is this aligned with what I really want? Now, how does a person who has identified that they are in a situationship, that they are operating from fear, they're afraid to communicate, they think they have no options, and um, maybe they think they can't do better. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head with every single point because I've heard those comments from people I've worked with too. So how do they move from that you know, scarcity mindset to a more love point of view or something more based in love rather than fear? How do they get to a point where they start communicating? They start asking for more. What has been your experience with that? Yeah. Well, going back to the mindset work, like really getting clear on why you want the relationship, showing yourself that the value in that, um, I think is the first step because yes, we could, we can want a relationship, but we're, when we're not connected to our desire and we're not really clear on why that's so important and why that safe committed container is something we absolutely need, um, that in and of itself just makes it a little bit more difficult to be clear and be direct about what we want because we're kind of not super grounded in that want. Um, so that's the first step. But when you are in a situationship, you have to find the courage to just rip the bandaid off and speak up about what you want. Because if we continue on down that path and we continue to stay quiet and to hold back and be appeasing and just hope that more time will get them thinking that maybe they do want a relationship with us, we're, we're taking passive action. And really, we're not taking any action. And in that point, we just allow the, the train to continue. We kind of stay on that same path. And so what we really need to do is interrupt the dynamic and just be clear about exactly what we're needing with a connection and just trust that the wrong people will see themselves out and the right person won't be scared off by that. Right. Right. You know, I've talked to some women who've been on that train, you know, that train that is headed towards the train wreck. And they've been on that train for so long, Kimberly, that they can't get off. And I've heard them say things like, it's almost harder to get over or to get out of a situationship than it is a regular relationship. Have you encountered that? And why do you think that is? What's going on there? Oh, yeah. And I can relate to this too. I mean, I've been in situationships in my early 20s. And so I totally understand just like the emotional roller coaster you're in and the intense highs and the low lows. But I think it's those intense highs in the chemistry that usually makes it so difficult to disconnect or to get over them because they've taken up so much mental real estate. There's so much mind drama involved. There's so many question marks and we're so confused. So 
Um, I think that is probably the main thing, but also I know how invalidating it can feel to have that situationship end and feel like you almost don't have a right to grieve because it wasn't an actual relationship. So how can you be so distraught if it was only a couple months and it wasn't actually a relationship and the other person kind of rejected it like it was nothing in the end, right? And so I think that is another another part of it of just feeling so invalidated and confused and, and lost with what even happened? What was that? Right. Um, and it really was a, a train wreck. Um, so using that train analogy, I think was so fitting. I agree with the whole idea of like those highs, because I remember some of my experiences as you're talking too. And so what you're saying is we sometimes get very addicted to the dopamine, the serotonin, those kind of like hormonal, you know, fluctuations. And then we almost crash and then we can't find our balance. So it feels like we're thrown off balance. Then you said something about confusion, which I think also is a huge thing, right? Because when you're confused, you can't really make any decision because you're so confused, but you stay stuck. And I guess that makes complete sense too, why it's so hard to get out of a situationship. Um, Is there a, you know, I, I know I'm kind of searching here, but is there a quick like fix for that? Is there a way, like you said, rip the bandaid off, right? Is there a way to rip that bandaid off, minimize the damage, you know, slow down all the, um, you know, the bleeding almost, because it does feel like you, you know, there's this open wound, this relationship that you aren't allowed to grieve, but you do feel like grieving. How can we easily, smoothly get out of this situation with the least amount of damage? Mm -hmm. And is there such a thing? It's a good question. I think it really would depend on each individual situation and just the dynamics of that and what's been going on. But I think the first thing is to just get those answers for yourself and get clear and and be like, hey, what are you intending for this? Right? Like asking the question first and just seeing where they stand and having that revealed to you of, oh, wow, maybe they have no intentions of leading this towards a relationship like I do, right? If you're relationship minded, you kind of, it's easy to assume that other people are too, especially if you're going on dates and they're still communicating with you, even if it's, you know, sparse or occasional, but they still are. And they seem like they like you as a person. So, you know, why wouldn't they want a relationship? And I think just asking the question of like, what are your intentions or how are you feeling about this? Or where do you see this going? And having their true intentions revealed is the first piece of information you is crucial to gather. Um, from there, I mean, I don't know if that would lessen the blow, but at least it's, it's kind of right in your face of, oh, wow, we aren't aligned. And that alone... Right should give me some clarity of what my next steps are because we cannot grow a relationship if the other person isn't even intending to get there with us at all. Yeah. But would you agree, Kimberly, 
a lot of women have this, you know, maybe he'll change or one day, you know, he will want to be with me or like a miracle will happen overnight and suddenly he wants a commitment. And, you know, there are some of those stories that I've heard of like people who did not want a commitment and then over time things change. Some people even like glorify these stories of sticking it out, you know, going, being there for the long haul and eventually you get what you want. Is there any truth to that? Or is that like an urban myth? That is such a good question. I was actually thinking about that the other day. I think there are, of course, those unicorn stories of something happening, right? But we cannot go off of that as something that can also happen to us because it they are. It's, it's pretty rare. Um, and from what I've seen, when we're continuing on the same track, we're kind of taking passive action. We're not speaking up. We're just hoping that they'll change their mind or the more relationshipy and the more we show up in a desirable way, they'll come to realize, oh, wow, I do want to be in a relationship with them. That is not going to happen because what time does is reinforce what you're willing to put up with. And so if they're giving you breadcrumbs and they aren't consistent and you're doing more and you're continuing to show up like this is okay and it's making you try harder and you're still pursuing a relationship, that's communicating to them that, oh, this is fine. They're totally okay with this. It hasn't scared them off. In fact, I'm being rewarded for it. And so when we kind of stay and hope and think that like, our relationship behavior or things that we can do will change their mind. It's just, it's just not going to happen. But when you speak up and you directly assert what you want and that like empowered action is able to shine through, that's what starts to interrupt things. Because then if there is any chance at it turning into a relationship, it's this moment of them being like, Oh, wow. Okay. So this behavior isn't working. And if I do want to continue to have a chance with this person, I need to start shifting. I need to start thinking about things differently. And so you do need to have that interrupter if there's any chance at it moving in the other direction. I like how you said breadcrumbing because I've heard of that one showing up with a lot of people too, is all you're getting in a relationship is breadcrumbs and, or he's just dropping breadcrumbs, right? And my take on that, Kimberly, is like the minute you accept breadcrumbs, you'll be getting breadcrumbs for the rest of your life, right? Like it doesn't stop. So even if you do get the guy at the end, you know, after waiting forever and, you know, just putting up with all kinds of crap for lack of a better word, you'll probably have to do that for the rest of your life. So getting the guy is not the win, right? Because yeah, okay, you stuck it out and, you know, you waited for him to maybe just finally give in and say, okay, we'll turn it into a committed relationship or we'll get married. But then, right, are you going to be getting anything better than that after that? You know what I mean? Like, you you basically have already told him that this is enough for me. I'll mm-hmm. stick it out, which means he has no inclination or motivation 
to have to work for more of your attention because he has it, right? So, you know, how do you switch that around? Like, okay, so you mentioned have that conversation. Mm -hmm. But again, a lot of women will be like, oh, but I'll stick it out. Or, you know, I also think a lot of people know what a person's intentions are from the beginning, but they don't want to admit it to themselves, Mm -hmm. right? So, okay, you have the conversation, then you have to make a decision, right? Are there any other strategies you can suggest at this point um, for a person to just kind of maybe have some other options on what they can do? And I know I'm putting you on the spot because it's a very hard situation, right? Like you've been there. I know I've been there, right? It's not as black and white for a lot of people. There's so much gray in it, right? So tell me about that. Yes. No, that that is such a like five-star point you just brought up because that's so true. Behavior is not going to change once you get into the relationship. And I think a lot of us, we're creating these fantasies of what, how everything's going to transform once we have the title and once they commit and how it's just going to do like a 180 shift. And it just doesn't happen, like you said. And so I think it's exactly that. The fact that we're over-indexing on the potential and what we want to see and what they we think they'll be like in a relationship where all signs point to them not being able to meet us there because we actually don't have any real tangible evidence. We're just hoping and trying thinking about that potential. And so another good exercise is to on paper, write out a column for what you appreciate about this person right now in this moment at face value, what they are bringing to the connection. And then in another column, what you're hoping for and what your, what the potential is. And you can see the clear differences of what's actually right in front of you, what the facts are and what they've been continuing to bring to you versus what you're hoping for and what you've created in your mind that we have no evidence to support that that will ever, ever happen. Right. I think that's actually would make a really big difference because there is that fairy tale and then there's the reality, right? Fantasy, you said. Um, And I think sometimes just seeing that can help us make better decisions and choices. But I want to circle back, Kimberly, to what we started the conversation with, which is the reason you went into coaching was it's about the beliefs and those deep-seated, deep-rooted programs and trauma and stuff that's simmering underneath the surface. So on one hand, yes, the situation is that this person is going to continue to treat you the way you've been treated, no matter what, right? With all things being the same, you'll probably have that same experience, right? Now, first thing I want to ask you is, who's the problem? Is it the other person who is treating you in this situationship manner? Or is it you who is in the situationship? That's my kind of the first thing. The second question is, and I'm giving you both these questions because I'm also trying to 
figure out how we can find that balance between the inner and the outer, right? So number one, who is the one that needs to do the work? Okay. Or who might be the problem? And secondly, is it possible to work on the mindset and the programs and the trauma while being in a situationship and then have things change? Mm-hmm. Okay. So first question, I think it's shared responsibility, but I almost want to okay. say that, that it's, you're responsible for the position you put yourself in. Right. Right. Because you have the power to get the clarity you need. You have the power to ask direct questions. You have the power to speak up and communicate exactly what you want. You have the power to walk away. And plus Kimberly, and I'm going to throw this in is we're telling people how they can treat us, right? Like we're Mm -hmm. showing them what they can or cannot do in that relationship just by our behavior, by what we tolerate, right? And but what we choose to communicate about or not communicate about. Mm -hmm. Correct. We cannot trust that other people have our best interests at heart when it comes to dating because they don't know what we want, especially if we're not communicating it. Um, And other people, whether they're being malicious or not, usually I find they're not being malicious. They're just kind of pursuing their own agenda because they're human and they want to experience connection. And maybe they had no intentions of being in a relationship, but they might not have even known that you've ever wanted to be in a relationship, right? Maybe you're pushing things forward, but we can't like put the blame on the other person because ultimately they're not mind readers, right? They might have some idea, but I usually find it's not completely like malicious intent. But we're they're just in a different place, right? Yeah. They may not just be ready or they might have their own stuff to work through. Um, which doesn't allow them to give you that love or commitment. Maybe they're afraid of commitment, right? So it's not necessarily, you know, their fault either, Mm -hmm. right? You're both kind of in that in-between zones in your life, right? Along for the ride, maybe, right? So then what is, you know, that person who recognizes that they're the ones that have the least power in the relationship. What do they do? Mm -hmm. You mean the person that's kind of trying to push it towards a relationship and want something more? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's when you're in that position and that's why I say it is our responsibility because the other person isn't responsible for how we interpret things or what we assume or how we're feeling. Like we have total control over that based on what we're thinking about the situation, the meaning we're assigning to different things. And so to your second question of like getting really deep in there so that you can kind of like process through that while you're in the situationship and hopefully get out the other side with that confidence and empowerment and being able to take that type of action. Um, I think it's, there's a couple things, but really one, like we talked about awareness, that's the first step of just becoming really aware of why you're in this position, why you're afraid, why you think this is the best that you can do. 
like, what does this actually stem from? Um, and really soothe that part of you. Um, I do a lot of inner child work with clients because a lot of it is stemming from childhood and what they've witnessed with relationships and even like friendships and just connections, their self-esteem, like you touched on at the beginning of just, um, maybe you've gone through your entire life with low self-esteem. And so when someone's showing you some type of affection, it feels really good. And it's that validation you need to tell yourself like you are loved and you know, you are worthy. And so that's the other part of it is like really finding that self-love and turning inward and giving that to yourself. And so I know it's, it's kind of a loaded question because there's, we can go into like, we can have five other podcast um, episodes on like how yeah. to soothe all of that and how to really get in there. But it's, I think at least as a starting point, identifying why and trying to connect to that part of you, maybe that younger self that is seeking love and validation outside of yourself. Yeah. And that's where I think you and I completely meet as well, because I do believe that it all starts with how much you love yourself. Mm -hmm. And I, I do feel that the more you love yourself, the less likely you are to find yourself in a situation because you wouldn't allow yourself to be in a situation that is not ideal for you unless you want to be in that. Um, Kimberly, you have a program about situationships. Okay. Yes. Tell me more about this. Tell us about the program itself and how it helps people who might be in exactly this situation. Yeah. So this course is launching this summer. So it hasn't officially launched yet, but it's a deep dive into all that we talked about, situationships, exactly how you get there, how to really start to soothe your emotional state so that you can kind of develop a new self-concept of being the person that doesn't put up with like the breadcrumbs and inconsistent behavior and situationships in general. We talk about communication and how to communicate directly and exactly what that looks like broken down into like timing and steps. And when you talk about it, um, how you broach the topic, exact words to say. We talk about how to evaluate and how to look out for signs that that person is actually wanting a committed relationship versus something more casual or something more open and um, like willy-nilly. <laughs> um, but there's there's so much good nuggets in there. And I'm so excited for for people to see it because it's exactly what we just talked about. And it really is like that roadmap to not only moving through a current situation ship, but like never getting into one ever again, ever. Wow. That would be amazing. I know for a lot of people, <laughs> right? It's like, say goodbye to situation and say hello to a relationship, right? Yeah. Kimberly, if somebody is interested in finding out more and getting in touch. Um, can you give them some details on what is the best way to connect with you? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at KimberlyRay.life. Um, mm -hmm. I post a lot of 
content um, of just video snippets of, of topics like this and dating and communication and connections, evaluation, all that stuff. Um, and, and yeah, like I said, the course is launching this summer. So look out for that and you can find more updates on timing and what that's all going to look like on my Instagram page. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, I have seen how much, you know, effort and content you put out. So I do recommend for anyone interested to please follow Kimberly. Um, she's got some really great things. Um, Kimberly, I always end my episode with a project loving myself message, mantra, something you would like to leave our listeners. Yes. So go ahead. Yeah. Um, I think kind of, kind of to sum up our conversation, like really, even if your, your confidence is broken down and you're kind of struggling with your self-worth, we all have that inner wisdom and there's always a little voice telling us, you know, this isn't quite right, or this isn't aligned, or we deserve something better, or there's more for us. There must be more. And listen to that voice, really listen to that inner wisdom that you have and let that guide you as much as you can and have the courage to have that be louder than any fear or doubt or, or scarcity that that's kind of present for you right now. I love that, Kimberly. I think that is such a beautiful way, um, empowering way to end our episode. Inner wisdom. You know, we all have it. We all know when we're in something that is just not right for us, but we tend to let our fears and, you know, we let all these other thoughts, the noise overpower what we know to be true. So I love that you highlighted that. Thank you, Kimberly, for sharing some great insights with us and really, I think, helping us understand what is truly happening in a situation. I am so grateful for your time and I look forward to connecting with you again. Thank you. I'm just beaming. This was such a good conversation. Thank you so much. And yeah, we'll see you soon. As we wrap up today's episode, let's take a moment to reflect on the insights we've gained. We broke down what is going on in a situationship, and we talked about some great strategies to get you right out of them. And don't forget to focus on the inner work, because that is more important than anything you do on the outside. Now, I want to hear from you. What was your favorite takeaway from this discussion? Is there something you're going to do in your relationship from this conversation? Let me know. Share your thoughts on your socials, tagging at Sanaya Gurnamal and at Project Loving Myself Podcast. Now, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can stay updated every time I drop a new episode. Your support means the world to me. So please share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. Now, as we journey forward, remember these words of wisdom. Our inner wisdom is persistent, but quiet. It will always whisper, but it will never stop knocking at your door. And this one's by Veronica Tugaleva. So listen to the whispers of your heart and act upon them with courage and resilience. Remember, you are loved. Until next time, take care of you and listen.
The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.